Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I want to talk to those of you who are frantically trying to transition into distance learning due to all of the closures from the coronavirus. And in this episode, what I want to help you do is take a step back from all the overwhelm and to ask some important questions that will lead you to the best solutions for you and your students. Here's the thing. Um, Right now, there is so much happening. Things are evolving so quickly. There's new news every day. Our emotions are all over the place. And there's been a flood of resources. It is amazing how many resources are out there, and that is incredibly helpful. But I know a lot of you are overwhelmed. It's almost like too much to even consider. And there's not a lot of time to figure this out. Some of you have weeks or even just days to try to figure out how to support your students online. And then add in the fact that a lot of us are now kind of quasi homeschooling our own kids, and it's enough to just make your head spin so fast you think it's going to pop off. But as I said, the answers actually may be simpler than you think, but the key is to not go straight for answers. You have to first ask the right question. So that's what I want to help you do today. I'm going to give you five key questions to ask yourself as you transition into distance learning. So whether you're getting ready to try it for the first time or whether you've been trying it for a few weeks with, you know, medium success, this is a great time to stop, to pause, and to evaluate. And I will tell you from personal experience, sometimes I feel like I don't have time to step away and think deeply. Like my to-do list is so long that I feel like I don't have time to step back and even think. But I promise you, it is worth it to set that to just set aside your to-do list and take 30 minutes, an hour, um, lock yourself in your room away from your family, whatever you need to do to step back and think because that time you invest will help you focus your time and energy from now on on the right things. Because it doesn't matter if we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off, just trying a bunch of stuff, we're actually wasting a lot of time, not necessarily being effective. So stop stepping back and choosing to think and to make wise choices from a clear head will then enable us to use our time wisely from here on out. It is absolutely worth the time investment and that I hope that you'll do it. So I'm going to talk through the questions now. And then if you would like to see them and review them on your own, you can hop over to the accompanying blog post. And this post is actually uh, episode number 139. So head to teachfortheheart.com slash 139. I apologize. Some of our podcast episode numbers are going to be out of order because we had some stuff planned that is just not helpful right now. And so we'll reintroduce those episodes later. So for now, this is episode 139. So go to teachfortheheart.com slash 139 for the notes, which include a list of these questions. So here we go. Question number one is, what are the most important topic and skills my students need to learn between now and the end of the year. Here's the thing. This is not the time to just continue on with business as normal, teaching whatever lesson is next in your book or curriculum. That is not what your students need most right now. Instead, you really need to step back and evaluate. Ask yourself, um, like I said, what is most important? 
or, or maybe think of it this way. Uh, fill in this blank. If my students would just learn blank by the end of the year, I'd be pleased. What goes in that blank? Uh, it might be one core thing. It might be three things. Whatever it is, get clear on that. What is most important? And then focus your energy on that. If you have time afterwards, great. You can go back and fill in other things. But right now, where things are so crazy, focus on what is most important. Get minimal. I think minimalist, right? Less is more at this point. Focus on what most what is most important. So that's question number one. What are the most important topics and skills my students really need to learn? Number two, now after you identify that, the next question is, how can my students learn these skills without it being overwhelming for them or for me? Life is upside down right now. And honestly, the last thing anyone needs right now is more stress or pressure. You don't need it. Your students don't need it. Um, their parents don't need it. And it is kind of, it's kind of a really unique situation right now. Um, if you're still in quarantine, which we are right now, um, where there, if you're home alone, you might find yourself with tons of time on your hand. But there's a lot of parents that are um, home with their kids. Uh, they're not used to that. They're trying to work from home. They're also trying to homeschool their kids. And life is frantic. It's busier than normal. And so uh, we really need to ask yourself, how can my students learn these skills without it being overwhelming for them and without it being overwhelming for me? Angela Watson said to ask the question, what would it look like if this were easy? Take some time. You might Something might not pop in your head immediately, but take some time and, and ruminate on that question. What would it look like if they were to learn this and it would be easy? What would that look like? And then start seeking out something in that direction. You know, we as teachers, we often lock ourselves into a box by assuming we have to do the same thing so-and-so is doing or we have to do the same thing that we've always done. But we don't. <laughs> we actually can't do the same thing we've always done. So that can actually give us some freedom. You probably have more freedom now than ever to do what you actually believe is best for your students. So ask yourself, what could that look like? What would it look like if it were easy? That question should unleash your creativity and help you find a solution that is sustainable both for you and for them. And once again, it depends on your situation. If you have tons of time on your hand, you might be able to really um, do, you, that answer is going to look different than it would for someone who has um, a bunch of kids at home that they're also trying to homeschool while teaching their normal students and they just feel like life is insane. So ask yourself, what is realistic? Um, what would not feel overwhelming? Don't get, be happy. Don't rest until you find something that you feel like is truly doable, both for you and for your students. Remember, less is more at this point. Number three, how can I best support my students, once again, realistically? So the truth is, honestly, your students need your support now more than ever. They need your support academically and emotionally. Um, even if you have Let's say you're using, um, you're sending a packet home or you're having students watch pre-made videos from YouTube or from um, a resource or you're using our MathLite videos, something like that, where they you feel like, okay, they're pretty set um, with their actual coursework. They still really need you. <laughs> They've been connected with you all year and now suddenly 
they're not. And by the way, we just released an article on the blog that gives you four easy ways to connect with your student. You can check that out at teachfortheheart.com slash blog. You'll find it there. Um, We'll also link to it at the end of the notes in this episode, teachfortheheart.com slash 139. But nonetheless, they need your support, okay? They need to see you. They need to hear from you. In other words, they need to know that you're still there for them. Right now, it just feels like no one that's normally in our lives is in our lives except for whoever lives in our house. It feels like everyone else has almost just fallen away. Maybe I'm the only one that feels like that. Um, But they really need that connection with you right now. But once again, depending on how many students you have, if you teach middle school, high school, this is going to look different than it would for elementary with a self-contained class. And then depending on how um, your situation, are you home alone and have tons of time or are you quarantined with six of your own kids and you don't have a second to spare? Um, It's going to look very different. But once again, think outside the box. Say, how can I best help them without overwhelming myself, okay? Um, And that's going to look different. Maybe you set up office hours where you're available at a certain time. Uh, Maybe maybe you have a video conference where you're almost in your office and you're there and people can come and go into a video conference during these certain office hours as they please. Um, That would be a solution. Maybe you're actually having class with them. I don't know. It depends. It's going to look different for everybody. But the point is to ask that and don't rest until you find a solution that feels realistic and that will support your students. Number four, how can I clearly communicate expectations with students and parents? Uh, So once you start figuring out some of your plan, you want to ask yourself, how am I going to communicate with my parents, students, and parents. I'm saying parents is important probably all ages at this point, but particularly um, if you're dealing with younger students. One thing that I really recommend is try to have a way of keeping all your assignments in one place so that everyone can easily reference them. One thing that I'm already starting to experience as a parent is getting emails like from my teacher, from my students' um core teachers but then I'm also getting emails from like all the specials teachers and it's and sometimes like an email will have like a little assignment like kind of buried amidst a bunch of other things and it's a little bit I I feel a little disorganized I'm an organized person I feel a little bit like there's stuff everywhere and my response has just been like you know what we're going to do what we can Um, but if you're really trying to support your students and you really have assignments that are meaningful and you want to get done you can do everyone a really huge favor by having an organized place where everyone can easily find them and they're not getting lost in the shuffle. Um, So consider, what would that look like? Um, I I can't tell you what that looks like because there's a million different tools and I don't know what you're using. The point is to ask yourself, what would work well? And to also ask yourself, is it worth coordinating with other teachers? You know, if 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 I'm a uh, self-contained elementary classroom, and I've got specials teachers that are also wanting to support my students, can I have them use the same system I'm using so everything's in one place? Uh, if I'm a junior high teacher and we have, you know, uh, I know they have six other teachers, can we kind of coordinate and have one central communication hub? Um, consider um, how that might work. All right, so number four was how can I clearly communicate expectations with both students and parents? And finally, question number five. How can I evaluate what's working and what isn't? Here's the thing. 
Distance learning is not intended to be cobbled together in one week. (laughs) Distance learning is intended to be something that you do with much training and planning and preparation, right? So we are all totally figuring this out as we go. And I think you you guys are doing amazing. You might not feel like it, but you are doing – the fact that you're doing anything is just – It's just amazing, the ingenuity and creativity that is happening right now. Um, So give yourself a pat on the back. Don't feel bad. But here's the reality. We have to face this reality. Because we are figuring this out as we go, it is not going to be perfect the first time around, okay? We have to be willing to evaluate and adjust as we go. That is going to be critical to our success. So before we get too far into this, we want to have a plan for how we're going to evaluate and adjust. So it, this could look different for depending on your personality, your situation. Um, it might involve a daily intentional reflection. So maybe you set aside, you know, 15, 20 minutes in your calendar um, and say, um, every day from this time to this time, I'm just going to stop and think about what worked well, what worked didn't, and what I want to change for the next day. Um, It might be asking feedback from parents and students, whether it's really informally, hey, let me know what you think, or whether whether you create a survey and send it to them. Um, Maybe it involves talking with other teachers and seeing what's working for them so you can get more ideas. Whatever it is, the point, this is the point with this question, is to realize before you get too far into it, that you can't be too attached to your initial ideas. There is not really any way to know for sure if something's going to work well or not on distance learning until you try it, okay? So don't let that be freeing rather than scary, okay? This is all a huge experiment. Uh, So don't be too attached to your initial ideas. If an idea pops in your head, say, we'll try it. See how it goes. Be willing to iterate and reiterate and keep trying things. Um, Be willing to seek out feedback from students and parents more than you normally would. Okay, and then genuinely listen to it. Don't assume that they just have a bad attitude or whatever it is. Genuinely be open to their ideas. Um, Honestly, this could be actually a great opportunity to really um, get them invested in your learning community, to ask them, throw out some problems that you're having to them and ask them to look for solutions um, for it, to help you think through solutions and, and to come up with options. This could be really actually present option uh, opportunity to create some great classroom community in that way. All right, let's step back and review our five questions. Number one, what are the most important topics and skills my st- students need to learn between now and the end of the year? What is most important? Number two, how can they learn these skills without it being overwhelming for them or for me? Ask, what would it look like if it were easy? Number three, how can I best support them realistically? Number four, how can I clearly communicate expectations with both students and parents? And number five, how can I evaluate what's working well and what isn't? I hope that you'll take some time. Like I said, it will be a totally worthwhile investment to block off an hour uh, to sit and really think about these questions. It will really help guide the rest of your planning, and I think it will be uh, just the best investment of your time that you could make at this point. 
Well, once again, if you'd like this list and you'd like some links to other resources we'll be adding as we come up with them, just head to teachfortheheart.com slash 139. And if there's something in particular that we can help you with, feel free to reach out to us via email at lynda at teachfortheheart.com. I also want to highly recommend our Facebook group. There are so many great ideas uh, being shared and explored in there. It's a great place to ask questions or help or feedback. Uh, if you're not part of our Facebook group, you can head to teachfortheheart.com slash Facebook and request to join there. Well, before we go, let's take a moment and just bring all of this to our Heavenly Father. Father, thank you for your great goodness. Thank you that you are with us every step of the way. I pray for each teacher that's trying to figure out what distance learning looks like. Maybe it's going well for them. Maybe it's been just shy of a disaster. I pray that you will provide them with an opportunity to step back and evaluate and ask these questions. I pray that when they do, that you will just ugh, just bring them such a spirit of clarity and wisdom, that you will speak to their hearts and just bring the right ideas and um, solutions to their minds, Father. And then I pray that as they go and they seek to serve their students, that you will be with each of them, that you will encourage their hearts, that you will comfort them, that you will help their students, help the students, Father, that don't have support at home, help the teachers know how to best best support them. And then, Father, we, we hand those students to you. We put them in your hands and ask that you will be to them the help that they need um, because we can't be there physically for them, Father, but we know that you are in control and uh, you hold all things in your hand. And so we ask a special help for those students that need it most, that you will provide that help that they need, Father. Thank you for your great goodness. Uh, we put our trust firmly in you. We're so thankful uh, to have you as a firm foundation, Father. And we just ask for your help and your strength and your grace and just to fill us with an incredible sense of patience and peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you guys again so much. I really enjoyed sharing with this with you and I hope that you find it helpful. I'm looking forward to being back with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.